You know, usually you hear a lot of folks encourage people to attend meetings like this, but I'll challenge you this way. We as a church don't need a meeting. We need to pray. And, you know, meetings are great, and, you know, because of its time we set aside specifically for that purpose, but I think it would do us well, especially today, in today's day and age, to make the time, set the time to get along with the Lord. It shouldn't be once a year. It should be a regular, everyday occurrence. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33. A verse, a passage that we may be familiar with, a verse I'm sure that we've heard before. Um, I I particularly like this verse. Um, Actually, I should say I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. Um, But I want to look at this in light of, you know, the ladies just coming back from the prayer events, and, and, and I'm sure that the Lord spoke to hearts in a very special way. Um, Jeremiah chapter 33, I'm just going to read the first three verses. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the testimonies, Lord, for, Lord, how you worked in hearts these past few days. And, Lord, now I would just pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak tonight, Lord. I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts this evening, Lord. And, Lord, may we just, uh, Lord, just take account of where we are in our walk with you in our prayer life. Uh, Lord, so many times uh, we neglect it, and yet, Lord... It's one of the most powerful weapons we have at our disposal. And so, Lord, I do pray tonight that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah, as we know, was called to preach incoming or upcoming judgment, if you will, about what was going to happen. The people mocked him, they laughed him. And they threw him in prison on several occasions. And here, in one of these occasions, you read... Okay, that as he is in the court of the prison, this is the message from God. And it's in verse number three. He says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. And oftentimes we utilize this verse, and we say, hey, you know what? You want to see God do some great things? Pray, and God will do great things. And I think there's truth in that. However, however, I do believe that we're overlooking some very important things in this matter of prayer. You know, I've heard it said before that sometimes we treat God and Christianity Christianity and God like he's a bellhop. Every time we need something, we ring the bell, and God's supposed to come running. And that's not the way it works. God wants all of us, not just when we need him. And I think that when you look at a situation where you go to a prayer advance, and you say, you know what? Man, we met with God. And listen, I've been to many prayer advances. I've been to many meetings like that. And you do meet with the Lord. But I believe in my heart, I really believe this, that one of the reasons for it, okay, the preaching is good. Guess what? We have great preaching every Sunday here. The fellowship is good. The singing is good. But guess what? We experience that here as well every Sunday. So what's the difference? I believe the difference is when we go to these meetings, we are expecting to meet with God. Do we have that expectation when we come to church on Sundays? I think we've become very routine 
in our church attendance, in our Christianity. Well, you got to be to church. No, we get to come to church. I got to do my devotions. No, we get to meet with God. And I think we need to have that same expectation in our prayer life, believing prayer. Oswald Chambers said this. I don't know if I put that up there. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Prayer is not only asking, but it's an attitude of mind which produces the atmosphere in which asking is perfectly natural. You know what that means? That when things come along in our daily walk, in our everyday life, the first thing we should think of is pray to God. As if it's routine, as if it's perfectly natural, that no matter what may come our way, something good comes our way, we want to praise God. If a trial comes our way, we want to pray to God. But I don't believe... Listen, I'm talking to myself here. I don't believe that that's our natural reaction. Our natural reaction is, hey, look what I did. Our natural reaction is, man, i got to fix this problem. When God is waiting, he's saying, call unto me. Now, we call unto God when we're stuck, when we're at the Red Sea of our lives, when we can't go forward, backwards, can't go anywhere, we're stuck. Then we cry out to God. And you know what? God is faithful, and he still helps us, and he still blesses us, and he still provides answers when we don't have them. But you know what? God wants to do that every day. We don't need to travel, you know, 400 miles. We could do it right in our homes. We need to have an expectation. We need to have believing prayer. When you read this verse, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's a prayer that requires us to believe that God's going to do something great. That God's going to do something great. So let me look, let's look at a few things this evening about, we're going to look at this specific verse, and we're going to look at some other verses as well. But the first thing I see here is the commencement of prayer. The commencement of prayer. He says, call unto me. If we're going to pray, there needs to be an initiated action. We need to do something. Well, God knows. <laughs> yes, he knows all things. But we're still commanded to pray. He says, call Unto me. You know, praying requires us to be committed. It's, it's a commitment. We were talking in our Sunday school class today, and you know, there's things in our Christian life that don't come natural to us because we battle the flesh. You know, sometimes you need to choose to forgive someone because it doesn't come naturally to us. You know what? We need to choose to pray because in our flesh, oftentimes we want to find other things to do. Well, praying is not fun. It is when you meet with God and you know you've met with God. We need to have an action, make a commitment in our life that we're going to do it. And, and like I told my Sunday school class, listen, when you make a decision to do this, be very specific. In other words, set a time to do it. I, I have found in my life when I have decided that I'm either going to, you know, when I'm going to do devotions or when I'm going to do prayer time, if you just say, well, I'll do it in the morning, it usually doesn't happen. Say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it as soon as I awake. Because this way, you've set a time for yourself to do it. I'm going to do it at 6. I'm going to do it at 4. I'm going to do it at whatever time it is. Because if you just say, well, I'll do it when I have time, guess what happens? We usually don't find the time. It requires a commitment. He says here, call. That says, that's a command. God is saying, call unto me. That's a command. That word call means to cry out. Sometimes, I have felt this way in the past, like our words are just kind of out there. God's not listening. You know what? Sometimes we need to have some soul-anguishing, gut-wrenching prayer time. We need, listen, if you, if you look at the history of revivals, 
they are usually initiated with the altars wet with the tears of believers who are crying out for God to do something miraculous and special in their lives. They don't come up and say, Lord, we need revival in our church. You know what they say? Lord, search me. Soul-wrenching, gut-wrenching, tear-shedding prayers is what we need. And listen, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. You know, I have to stop myself and, and say to myself, listen, I, I don't want to, if I'm praying, I'm talking to Almighty God. I'm not just talking to a buddy or a friend. We're praying. We're crying out. And we need to have the time when we listen. We, it's more than just routine words. Because what, what's happened is we've become very pharisaical in our, in our prayers. Lord, bless this food. And listen, I'm not saying that's not what we should say. What I'm saying is, are we thankful for the food that God's put before us? Are we thankful for his daily provisions in our life? Because when we start to examine and really start to think about it, man, listen, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm more thankful than I could ever express in words. We need to have an initiation to pray. The Bible says in James chapter 4, ye have not, why? Because ye ask not. Wow, that's convicting. That's convicting to me. Luke 11 tells us, And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. You know, God is commanding us to call unto him. Why? He tells us in the rest of that verse, he wants to show us great mighty things. It's an initiated action. Listen, believers, it requires a commitment. It requires us to do something. Prayer doesn't happen by accident. Meeting with God doesn't happen by accident. I love, listen, I love going away and praying. You know why? Because there's no distractions. There's none of that. But listen, yeah, it's harder to do it here, but we can do it. We can do it. If, if it takes hiding the remote control, hide the remote control. Throw your phone out the window. Whatever, anything that's going to distract you, put it aside. Close the curtains. Disconnect the doorbell. Whatever it takes. And then get alone with God. And meet with God. I, listen, I've heard it say, how long should I pray? Pray until you meet with God. Well, maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's an hour. An hour? Are you crazy or something? No. Listen, if we're truly sincere about having prayer where God hears us and we meet with him, that's what it's going to take sometimes. An initiated action. I also see here a continual action. You know, it's not just, well, pray this time and let it go after that. The prayers, ladies, I encourage you, I challenge you, the prayers and the things that God spoke to your heart about, don't let the prayer events be the only time that you ask for those things. Don't let that be the only time you speak to God about those things. Let it be a continual prayer. Ian Bounds said this, I think Christians fall so often, I'm sorry, fail so often to get answers to their prayers because they do not wait long enough on God. Listen, God doesn't work according to our schedule. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. I'm not a patient person. And so not being a patient person, waiting on God is a challenge for me. It's very, very difficult. You know, I'm one of these people, like I pray and I'm like, that's why I move around a lot. I, I, I just, I can't sit still. I'm not a patient person. And you know what? When you're not a patient person, God teaches you patience. And sometimes what we do is we pray once, and then we're like, you know what? God knows about it. No. Wait, how important is it to you? How about that loved one that you want to see saved? How often do we pray for that person? Do we pray daily? 
Do we pray more than once a day for that person? Do we cry out, weeping for those people? I think we're missing the boat on prayer and the power of prayer and believing prayer. Like I said, you know, we need to have an expectation. And that's why I, I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that's the, the thing that is different. We, we go to these meetings with an expectation of meeting with God. And that's good. But it would do us well, you know what, every Sunday morning, maybe get up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm expecting to meet with you today. No matter what may come. Yeah, it'd be nice to fellowship, but I want to meet with you. It's nice to, you know, be with other believers, but Lord, I want to meet with you. And just take the time in the morning and just say, God, do something in my heart. We let things get in our way and interfere with the things that are most important. Look in Acts chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6, we read in verse, verse number 1, Acts 6, 1, the Bible says that in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who, whom we may appoint over this business. So what's going on? Listen, the disciples couldn't do all the work. And they had a choice to make. And at this point, this is where you see the first deacons appointed. But the important thing is here, listen, we have things in our life that are important. And yes, these other things are important too. But we can't neglect the things of God for service. Even service. They weren't going to neglect the things of God. Look what it says in verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. And so what did they do? They appointed deacons who were going to take care of these things for them so that they could continue preaching the word of God and stay continually in prayer. And sometimes we get so busy. And listen, even in ministry, we get so busy that we neglect the things that are most important. Our walk with God, our prayer time with the Lord. And we need to be very careful because we don't want to do that. Listen, if we're not walking with the Lord and praying and reading, our, reading the scriptures on a daily basis, we can't properly minister to others. That word give ourselves in verse 4, we will give ourselves, that, that word means to give unremitting care to. In other words, in other words, they were going to continue persevering in prayer. That's what their heart's desire was, and in the word of God. And so what did they do? Did they just say, well, yeah, these other things need to be done, but forget it because this is more important. No, you know what? They figured it out. They appointed deacons to take care of the things that they couldn't, and they continued in the things that God had called them to do, and that was to pray and preach the word of God. It was a continual action. The Bible says pray without ceasing. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. It's a command. We're to pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Every time our eyes open, we pray. Well, every time that something comes up. That's so why I said before, we need to develop that spirit of, hey, no matter what comes up, our first reaction should be pray. We always think of praying as needing something. But there's so much more than that. If you read through the Psalms, if you read through the Psalms, David cries out at times, for prayers of repentance, repentance, and he cries out at times when there's, his enemies are surrounding him. But if you read the Psalms, David oftentimes, more often than not, is doing what? He is praising God. That's prayer. 
That's prayer. So it was an initiated action, a continual action. It was a directed action. He says, call unto me. He didn't say, go figure it out. He didn't say, go to Barnes & Noble, get yourself a good self-help book. There's a whole section of self-help books, by the way. He didn't say, go on the talk shows, Facebook, Google. Google does not have all the answers, by the way. He has a lot of them, but not all of them. He said, call unto me. There is one God. There's one God. And when we have to pray, and when we are, need to pray, and when we want to pray, we pray to God. Amen. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto all them, what? That call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. What does that mean? If we feel like the Lord is not close, it's not because of God. We need to call on him. God, please show yourself. Please, Lord, I want to be closer to you. Help me. And you know what? When we do that, the Bible says, God says, I will answer thee. Isn't that awesome? It is a commencement of prayer. It requires an action on our part. Number two, you know what I see in this verse? I see a confidence in prayer. You know, we need to pray, and, and I don't say this um, boastfully. I really don't. But when I say we need to have believing prayer, we need to pray believing that God is going to answer in his time, according to his will, but that God's going to answer. He says, call unto me, and I will answer thee. That's a promise. That is a definite promise. God doesn't say, call unto me, and when I have time, I'll get around to it, I'll look into it, and, you know, I'll weigh the options to see if it works. God says, I will answer thee. Oftentimes, I, I think of my prayers, and, you know, I heard this said years ago, and I never forgot this. Sometimes, oftentimes, our prayers are prayers of, of hope and not prayers of expectation. You say, well, those are the same thing. Well, I hope God hears me. That's a little bit different than I know God hears me. And we want to pray. We want to have believing pray. Think about the situation that Jeremiah is in. He was mocked, ridiculed, put in stocks, thrown in jail. As far as we know, nobody ever listened to a word he said other than to mock him and ridicule him. And yet God says, call unto me and I'll answer thee. He says, listen, I know you're in a bad strait. Listen, we may be in a bad situation right now. Call unto him and he'll answer you. But you don't know what situation I'm in. I don't care. God does and God knows and God's the one who's going to answer you. We need to have that confidence in prayer. It's not about pride. It's about what God has said, and he said, I will answer thee. The first thing I see is that we can rest on the promises of God. What promises? Promises that he hears our prayers. That's what he has said. Now, here's a question. Do we pray that way? Do we pray believing that God hears our prayers? Or do we pray hoping that he hears our prayers? Do we pray maybe, he, maybe this isn't important to God? I read a quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it, that if something is not important to pray to God about, then it's not important at all. Amen. I'm going to share this and, and um, confess my sin as I'm preaching here. Um, yesterday, coming home, we got on the highway from the prayer advance, and we were driving home. And 
10 minutes, 15 minutes on the road. And I have an iPod music player that my son gave me as a gift years ago. And I keep it with me. I put it in the ear. Uh, ladies, it wasn't to tune you out, by the way. It just helps me as I'm driving. Um, but I go to look for it, and I can't find it. And I knew where I had it. It was in my back pocket. And I said, oh, I must have fallen out. And I'm looking for it, and I can't find it anywhere. And I was like, oh, no. I had it with my phone, and I know what I did. I pulled my phone out, and out it came. And I, I figured it happened in the parking lot of the church. I was, I was upset, not because of the device itself, but it had sentimental value. It was a gift, and it bothered me. So I called my wife. I told her, she said, do you want me to? She called the church for me. She knew I was upset, and she called, I don't know, what did you, you called it? The hotel, that's right, you called the hotel. None of them had it. Now, we're already. She goes, do you want to turn around? I was like, no, we got to get home. And so I was just like, well, you know, it is what it is. You know, the Lord's trying to show me something, I guess. And, and she said, I'll pray. And I thought to myself, that's what I should do. No, you know what I said to myself? I'm too mad. Now, I have my notes ready for this. And I thought to myself, I'm upset. I'm not in the right frame of mind to pray. I'm telling you the honest truth. And she told me, uh, her and um, Sarah, they, they're going to pray for it. When we got off and we were going to eat, I, got, I looked through all the vans. I couldn't find it anywhere. I looked in the blue van. I looked in the red van. I was like, well, it is what it is. I don't usually get over things very well, so I tend to sulk and pout. I know you guys find that hard to believe with my cheery personality, but yes, I do sulk and pout. Um, it was done. We get here after a long ride, and everything was fine. I, again, I go through the red van, and I, I can't find it anywhere. I'm like, oh, you know, it is what it is. And I go to park. And as I'm parking the red van, Jessica Prevasani says to me, I found it. She said it had fallen out in the blue van. It had fallen in the well of the door. And I looked everywhere. I didn't look in there. Now, I say all that for this reason. You know, it convicted me. Because you know what? You say, well, was it important enough for you to pray? Everything is important for us to pray. You say, well, it's a silly thing. Listen, it may be a small thing, but sometimes we treat God like, well, God, you don't really care about this. God cares about everything. Amen. Nothing is too small. If it's too small for us to pray for, then it's too small, period. And it convicted me. It convicted me. She, my wife told me, she said, well, we pray for you in the van. And all of a sudden, as soon as she said that, I, it was like a dagger. I was like, oh. So it happens. To us. But you know what? I thought to myself, you idiot. Here you are preaching on the power of prayer, and the first thing that comes along, you fall. And oftentimes that happens to us. But you know what? God cares. Amen. And He wants us to rest on His promises. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, what is it? He heareth us. God, I need a new Jaguar. No. <laughs> I'd like to have a new Jaguar, but that's not asking according to his will. God, I want to meet with you. Guess what? He heareth us. I say, well, I don't feel like I'm meeting with God. Then we need to pray. And say, Lord, help me. Listen, at the end of the message, we're going to pray. If that's, if that's where you're at, please. It's not a show. The invitation is not a show. Look at how spiritual I am. I'm coming to pray, everyone. No. It's a time where God has broken us and we're coming before him in humility. 
but just asking the Lord to do something special. Lord, I want to hear from you. Resting on the promises of God. But I also see here that there's a requirement for answered prayer. You said a requirement. Wait a minute. Psalm 66, 18 tells us, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Ian Bounds said, a holy life is the only preparation for prayer. A holy life is the only preparation for prayer. I think sometimes what happens is, you know, we live our lives Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and allow the things of the world to pollute our hearts, pollute our minds, our eyes, everything about us. Then we come and we pray. We say, God, I need to meet with you. No confession. No cleansing. And then we say, well, God doesn't meet with you. See, God doesn't care. I'm going to give you some verses. I think I put them up on the screen. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Proverbs 28, 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. There is a requirement for answered prayer. You know, we can't just come. Listen, when, when they entered into the temple, what did they need to do? They need to be clean. They didn't just walk in there with the filth and the pollution. And sometimes that's the way we come to God. You know, one of the things I really appreciate, and I didn't realize this, but when we first started going to, to the prayer events meetings, one of the things I really appreciated is they have what they call spiritual CPR. And it's a way of praying. Now, listen, you can pray any way you want, but I love the way they did that because the first, the C stands for confession. You have to confess first. Why? Because if I turn away from hearing the law, even my prayer shall be an abomination. Isaiah 1.15 and when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Ouch. Yea, when ye make many prayers, here it is, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. We oftentimes, that's the way we come to the Lord. I've sinned. I've done this. I've done that. I've allowed all kind of wickedness, ungodliness in my life. And then we come and say, Lord, help me. And then we say, God is not hearing me. He, you know, he doesn't care about me. And then we get mad at God. Or we get disappointed that God's not answering our prayers. But the reality of it is, listen, there's a requirement. We need to come, as, as Ian Bounds said, a holy life is the only preparation for prayer. And the last thing is there's a rest, reassurance. We can have confidence in prayer because there's a reassurance through the unknown. What do I mean by that? When we don't have answers, when we don't have solutions, there's a peace when you pray. You ever been in a situation that you had no idea how you were going to resolve? You ever been at a crossroads where you didn't know what the answer was? You didn't know what to do? Maybe a relationship that was broken and you didn't know how you were going to restore it? Something that we just didn't have an answer to. You know, I, I've mentioned before, you know, I like to write solutions down. I like to, what am I going to do? I got to do this, this, and that. I have my little yellow pad, and I like scribbling notes on there. But have you ever been to the place where you get that yellow pad, and you get ready to write your notes, and there's nothing to write? Because we don't have the answers. What do we do? You pray. And you know what? When you pray, there's a reassurance because you know that God hears. Why do we have confidence? Because God's told me he hears me. God, I don't have the answer to this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. God does. Do you know that we can have reassurance through the unknown when we don't know what to say? 
Isaiah 65, 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. <laughs> and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Do you, ever, do you ever have to pray? This has happened to me. you ever have to pray for something? Or maybe you have several somethings that you have to pray for. And you go to the Lord in prayer and you just have like flooded with things, thoughts. And you don't, I, I've gotten to the place where I don't even know how to put them into words. Like, Lord, I don't even know. You know what God already knows? And we just need sometimes just to take a step back, calm our souls down, and take the time to meet with God and let God. Sometimes we need to let God speak to us first. Sometimes we're such a hurry to talk to God. All right, Lord, I got da da da. And you start running through a whole list of things. And God's saying, shh. Sometimes we don't even know what to say. There's been times I, I haven't even known the words to utter. Sometimes after I after I, I figured out I don't even know what to say and I and I say the words in, in my heart and I'm thinking to myself, man, that sounded stupid. But you know what? Before we even start speaking, God already is hearing. Amen. God already knows. I love that verse. Before they call, I will answer. Reassurance through the unknown. Listen, we don't have to have all the answers, but we have to have a heart to pray, a heart of believing prayer. So there's a com commencement of prayer, confidence of prayer, and the last thing is there's a consequence of prayer. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and here it is, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The first thing I see is he provides victory in the face of defeat. He provides victory in the face of defeat. Now, David didn't believe that he was defeated, but everybody else did. Until he stepped up with those five stones. And God provided victory to him when it appeared he would surely be defeated. Listen, God provides victories when we think that defeat is imminent. He gives us victory over sin. Yes, by the way, I said victory over sin. We don't have to give in to that sin. We choose to. But he gives us victory over that. He gives us victory over bitterness. Bitterness, we were talking about that in Sunday school today, bitterness will destroy us. Starts out small, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Bitterness is a hatred that is so ground in our hearts that it absolutely controls every thought, every, th every word we say. Think about it. You say, well, I'm not a bitter person. You ever been mad at someone? And you're, you, our way of dealing with things is, you know what? I just won't talk to that person. I'm over it. I just won't talk to them. That, that's not really over it. But that's how we deal with things sometimes until that person steps into the room. Ask yourself, what runs through your mind as soon as you see that person? Is it, because if that's, if that's our reaction, that's bitterness. If, if, if you see someone 
that you've had a disagreement with and it causes you to be filled with that type of anger, there's a root of bitterness taking hold. But you know what? It seems like you'll never get... Listen, there's people... You don't understand, Pastor. There's people in my life, there's just some things that can't be fixed. Listen, you don't know who your God is then. Because there is nothing too big for God. And when we get to the place where we say, you don't know who this person is, or you don't understand the situation, I don't, but God does. That's when we look at something and we say, that situation is done. There's nothing. That's when we get victory. But we have to pray. We have to call out, to cry out to God, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You know what? It doesn't seem like you're ever going to see victory, but God can give it to you. He provides victory in the face of defeat. He provides strength in the midst of weakness. <laughs> Do you ever feel like there's no way I can take another, I can go anymore? I, I don't have the strength to press on. 2 Corinthians 3.5 tells us this. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And listen, no matter what you think, or how weak our strength is. Listen, there's been times, you know, you deal with situations, whether it's, you know, ministry-related, work-related, family-related, relationship, it doesn't matter. And you're like, oh, man. And listen, by the way, those types of trials, those emotional, spiritual battles, are far worse than the physical ones. I find that they're much more debilitating because the spiritual and the emotional battles wear you out physically as well. And you find yourself almost to the point at times where you just say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. That's the time we need to cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you to show me great and mighty things which I know not. Amen. God, I need you to do something miraculous because I don't have an answer. Amen. Listen, we've prayed for folks in our church continually for God's healing hand. And we've seen God do things. And we're still seeing God do things. And sometimes people say, yeah, but we haven't seen all of this done yet. we got to keep praying. Amen. So, well, you know, I've been praying for a month. Pray for two. Amen. Well, I've been praying for a year. Pray for five. Amen. So, well, that, that, that's ridiculous. Listen, I've heard testimonies. I remember we had just started coming to this church a year, two years we were here. And I, I don't remember the people's name, but there was someone who gave a testimony. It was a wife who had prayed for her husband. And I was a young Christian, and I said, oh, for his salvation. And I was a young Christian at the time, and I was like, oh, that's, that's nice, you know. 25 years for his salvation. He got saved, by the way. Praise, God. Praise the Lord for, for a wife who didn't stop praying. Amen. You say, well, that's ridiculous to pray for 25 years. Really? Ask her husband if he thinks it's ridiculous. Soul-wrenching, gut-wrenching prayers for someone we love. For God to do something. Strength in the midst of weakness. Listen, when we're weak, that's when God shows himself mighty. Listen, when we think we're strong and we think we got it, but when we humble ourselves and surrender ourselves to God, you know, Pastor, Pastor Nick talked about that. When we surrender and completely surrender our will to God and let him do the work, you could see God do some things that we never imagined he could. Strength in the midst of weakness. And then the next one, the next one is possible when it's impossible. And by impossible, I don't really mean impossible. I mean things that seem impossible. 
We serve a God who masters in the impossible. Oftentimes, we don't serve in whatever calling because we don't think we're able to do it. Now listen, I believe God gives us talents and I believe we need to use those talents, whether it's singing or whatever, teaching or whatever. But I think sometimes we limit God to that. And I know, listen, I, I've shared this with you many times, so I'm not revealing any, any revelations tonight. But this is not my comfort zone. I've shared with you before. I was the kid in school, in high school, in college. I hid in the back of the class. That's what I did. I didn't want to get called on. I didn't want to answer. I didn't want to talk out loud. I didn't want to speak in front of everybody. But God had other ideas. I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying this. God can do things that we could never imagine. We limit God, okay? We limit God based on what we think God can do. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So I want you to think about this. We ask for something and God is able to do far more than what we ask or think. <laughs> Lord, I want to teach a Sunday school class. Maybe he'll make you an evangelist. Lord, I, I want to I work with children. Maybe he'll make you a principal. <laughs> he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us. I want you to think about that. God works through us, through his Holy Spirit. It's not about us. So when we say, well, it's impossible to do, no, it's not. In Genesis chapter 18, Lord had told Abraham and Sarah they were going to have a child. Sarah laughed. And in verse 14, the Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Ask yourself that. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. They thought, we're old. This is not happening. Lord, 90, 80, um, no. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything impossible with God? What prayer have we not prayed because we doubt that God can do it? What prayer have we withheld from the Lord because we don't think God wants to do that? What's the next quote I have up there, John? Thank you. Andrew Murray said, Beware in your prayers, above everything else, of limiting God, not only by unbelief, but by fancying that you know what he can do. See, this is what we pray. We pray, and I've, I do this, we pray, and we know how God's going to answer that prayer. Isn't that what we do? We pray because in our mind we know how God's going to do it. Do you realize God's not limited by us? He can do anything he wants at any time with whatever he wants. And guess what? He's done that more often than not. You think I'd learn. But we limit God not only by our own belief, but by figuring out what God's going to do. Well, see, in order for God to do this, I need to have a lot of money. So I'm not even going to pray it because God's not going to do it. I don't have the resources to do it. Really? Why don't you just pray? Why don't you just pray and watch what God does? 
say, well, you know, what about guys like, you know, what if I go into ministry? I don't know if I could do it. Listen, these guys that you read about, all these great preachers, you know, the D.L. Moody's and the Billy Sundays and all these guys, you know what? These guys were on their face in prayer all the time. We think, well, they had a special anointing. They were specially handpicked. Listen, they were men just like anybody else, surrendered to God to do his calling. Ian Bounds said the story of every great Christian achievement, I want you to hear this, the story of every great Christian achievement is the history of answered prayer. I love that. The story of every great Christian achievement is the history of answered prayer. Listen, a lot of times we don't see great mighty things because we don't pray for great mighty things. And God says, if you call unto me, not only am I going to answer you, but I'm going to show you things that you can't even begin to understand and imagine. Beyond what you can think. Beyond what you can ask for. But we need to cry out to him. Do you realize that prayer is the one thing that lasts even beyond us? Think about this. You pray for someone, and I heard a testimony. I don't remember all, all the details of it, but I remember a testimony of a, of a guy who had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for the salvation of someone in his family. I can't remember who it was. And... Actually, I think, Pastor, you might have told this story. I don't remember exactly. But anyway, and the guy died, and the person didn't get saved. And it was at his funeral that the person got saved. Now, he wasn't alive to see it, but you know what? His prayer didn't go unanswered. And Listen, what else can you say that about? Listen, our prayers do not fall on deaf ears. Our prayers do not go unheard. And I think sometimes we limit the Lord because of unbelieving prayer, when God desires for us to cry out to him and pray, believing that God's going to do great things. I love this verse. But I love this verse not just as a fallback. But listen, my heart's desire is to see God do great and mighty things. Listen, I don't even know what those things are. But I know this. God has said he's going to show great and mighty things. Things that I don't even know. Things I can't even begin to imagine. As I've told you before, 20 years ago, this wasn't on my radar, but I don't regret one second of it. So if God can do that, imagine what else he can do. Think about the things God's done in your life that you can't even begin to imagine at the time that he did it. Imagine how much greater things he wants to do. Listen, we don't have to wait for prayer advances. We don't have to wait for prayer advances to pray. The altar's going to be open in a, in a minute. If God's put something on your heart, pray. If you're home and God puts something on your heart, Take the time to pray. Make it a commitment in your life every day to say, Lord, I want to meet with you. Lord, I don't want to just say words. I don't want to just repeat words like the Pharisees said. Lord, I want to meet with you every day in a way that changes my life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the power we have and the privilege we have to pray. Lord, I thank you so much that, Lord, when we pray, you hear us. Lord, that when you have promised us that you would do great and mighty things, and, Lord, that if we call unto you, if we cry unto you, Lord, you hear us. Lord, that's a promise. And, Lord, may our hearts be set tonight, going forward, Lord, to make a commitment to pray, to meet with you. Lord, that you would do great things, not just in my life, but in all of our lives. Lord, that our lives would be changed, 
that our church would be changed. Lord, that those around us would see a change. Lord, that our life would be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to be changed. Lord, we want to be humbled and surrendered to you. And Lord, we just pray that our prayers would not be doubting prayers, Lord, but believing prayers. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.